Hi, welcome back to Sparrow Talk. This is now episode 5 of series 2, and today we'll be talking about the 1971 television series, The Persuaders. Mm. It's got an exclamation mark on the end. That's, not, that's sort of a question mark. You the, had an upward inflection. Oh, yeah. The, the Persuaders. That's, that's the question mark, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? The Persuaders. That's better. Uh, here we we go. got it. Third time's the charm. Uh, so on my left, as is now tradition, is Tom. Hi, Tom. Hi, Keith. Thanks for having me. Well, you're welcome. It was touch and go. And <laughs> opposite me is Graham. Hi, Graham. Hi, Keith. Thanks for having Tom. Yeah. Well, you know, me and his mother were very much in love. <laughs> <laughs> One thing led to another. Uh, so, I'll hand over to Graham to tell mm. us a little bit about The Persuaders. As is traditional. The Persuaders is an action-slash-adventure-slash-comedy series that ran on ITV in 1971 amongst many other TV channels across the world it was global and here's why two worlds collide when the titled Englishman I'm reading this from somewhere IMDB I think when the titled Englishman Lord Brett Sinclair played by the delightful Roger Moore and the Bronx raised self-made American hey I'm walking it Danny <laughs> Wilde played by Tony Curtis reluctantly joined forces to right wrongs and to protect the innocent um, so these two are our um, likable leads I think we haven't we're not going to talk about the um, opening episode so let's do a little bit of um, Genesis uh, good band great mm. band well until Gabriel left mm. actually until Steve Hackett left oh really I feel like A Trick of the Tale which featured Phil Collins on lead vocals uh-huh. was still very much good great drummer Phil Collins uh, yeah really um, under. Well, I don't know if he's underrated but I think no. he gets a, he gets a lot of stick for being a Dual stick because he's a drummer. Oh. Uh, pretty good two sticks, isn't he? Yeah, well, you'd hope so. Not with his back. Oh. Yeah. Carry on. Yes. Um, so the two leads meet in a bar in the French Riviera and they get in a fight, apparently. They have a fist fight about uh, a number of olives to put in a cocktail. Um, they're arrested. What, what is the answer to that question? Uh, that's in the quiz later. No, it's not. I don't know. I thought you'd know that. You, I do know. You, I do know. Oh, yeah. you do. That you was, do. Oh, okay. Does it not depend on the cocktail? Well, it depends who's asking for it. So it's a vodka martini, isn't it, that usually yeah. con- contains mm. olives? And I would guess two. Three. Three's Ooh. the magic number. Well, the answer is zero. No, no, you should never put an olive in a martini. It's disgusting. However, some people will have one. I prefer a twist of lemon. Oh, I can see the way Tom's looking at Keith. They might come to blows. Um, okay, so they're arrested and they're delivered to the retired Judge Fulton, who offers them the choice of spending 90 days in jail or helping them to right errors of impunity. Why a retired judge? Um, it's a good question. <laughs> uh, yeah, it doesn't hold up to scrutiny. Anyway, let's not dwell. Grudgingly, Wilde and Sinclair agreed to help Fulton to solve a case. Um, and then I guess that's what happens in episode one. Mm-hmm. And then they just find ever more contrived reasons for them to be paired together and fight crimes. Um, but we don't mind because it's a lot of fun. Mm. Um, it was a global hit, but only ran for one series. We believe, I believe, I've been told, I've read that Moore <laughs> accepted the role of James Bond, which is why it came to an end. Um, some more potted trivia. The role of Wilde was also offered to Rock Hudson. Mm. Among others, uh, they turned it down. Curtis was uh, won over by Lou Grade. 
a yeah. entrepreneur from we, the We can talk about 60s. that a bit later. Oh, we will, I suspect. Curtis came over to the UK and was arrested for cannabis possession as soon as he landed in the country. Oh, cool. I heard he was pretty um, yeah. pretty baked throughout the film. <laughs> I but did hear that. The yeah. entire yeah, that film. Too, yeah, yeah. Um, what else can I tell you? Well, there's rumours that there's a lot of tension between the leads, but they deny it. Uh, they said that they got on well, but they were different personalities. And at 2.5 million, The Persuaders was the most expensive British series up to that time. Yeah. 2.5 million pounds. That's a lot. And it does show the money's on the screen. Mm, mm, mm. Um, it was very unpopular in America. Oh. In fact, it only showed 20 of the 24 episodes made, but it found an audience here in the UK, mm. elsewhere in Europe. And lastly, it has a Lindhurst number of one, in that both uh, Lindhurst and Troughton, who appears in this episode, one of the episodes we'll be talking about, appeared in Play of the Week for the BBC um, I feel like I'm cheating a bit because Play of the Week is one of those anthology shows that everybody mm-hmm. and their mother was Everyone in, was in yeah. so I'll give you another one which is number of two uh, actually this is kind of the same thing I'll go with it anyway because it's quite interesting Trout and Lindhurst also both appeared in Marks and Grand sitcoms Goodnight Sweetheart and Shine on Harvey Moon very mm. mm. good that is good um, so yeah I mean we can we can dwell we can we can uh, ruminate on some of that further, or Tom, we can talk about the episodes. Anybody have a preference? I just wanted to um, point out, so Roger Moore's character is supposed to be the quintessential English gent. Right, mm. yeah. Yet he's called Brett. Yeah. That is odd, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's not, I've never met anyone called Brett. Have I ever met anyone called Brett? I've, no. I was in the same room as Brett the Hitman Hart. I say room, like you know, venue. I saw Brett the Hitman Hart at a wrestling, wrestling show. You and seventy thousand other people. No, were... no, this was this was this was only a few years ago. So ah, this was after he um, retired sorry. from in ring action. And he, <laughs> although he did put Party Marty's Girl in the Sharpshooter. I don't know what that is. Oh no, I'm not sure what that is either. Yeah. <laughs> in ring action. Yes. So what? Okay. Uh, I, Don't try and make it film. It's not. Sport I, I wasn't. I was thinking of jewelry, as you well know. Which isn't filthy, or at least it shouldn't be if it's properly maintained. <laughs> uh, I only know of a Brett from Popeye Junior. Do you remember that spin-off of Popeye? No, I really don't. I th- and I think Popeye's son is called Brett. Hmm. Brett. Popeye's son is that with olive oil? Did they uh, yeah, finally? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Consummated that yeah, relationship. Good. Mm. Oh, that's nice. Tom Smurf. Shut up. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, I mean, it's funny though. Um, Brett from Flight of the Concords. Mm. Yeah, that's it. I'm done. Um, shall I? Yeah, I think cool. that's covered okay. the bases, the basics. Yeah, and um, so yeah, usually we're, we're we're breaking tradition somewhat in that we're not picking the first two episodes of the Persuaders to talk about. Yeah, it's disgusting, frankly. But you know, what can you do? You have um, these I think, given animals, Graham's clear and concise. Uh, um, so we don't need to, Keith. I've done the, it. I've done the heavy so, lifting that so we episode have, one yeah. would have taken fifty minutes to well, do. I've done it in. You've praised. Pricey, yeah, there we go. Yeah. How do you spell Precis? Yeah. I think it's an accent over here. Uh, is it French? Oh, so may we? <laughs> no, but is it? <laughs> Croissant. So we went with, um, we decided to watch season one, episode nine. Season. The old, the new, and the deadly. How many, uh-huh. how many series were there? 
Just the one. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> we also watched season one, episode 22. That's it. The Ozerov Inheritance. Mm. I, I'm pleased for your, your pre of the first episode because I did wonder how they end up in the situations they get mm-hmm. into. Let it go, Keith. We're not going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, well, you've answered, you've answered yeah. the mystery. Uh, so when Tom gets on to episode one, you can explain to me why the hell they're involved in the storyline that they're in. Well, the episode opens with an introduction to Count Clement or Clement Marceau, mm-hmm. um, played by <laughs> Graham, one of Graham and I's favourite doctors. Favourite people. Favourite mm. hero. My favourite person, Patrick Troughton. <laughs> Patrick Troughton. Uh, so we meet the Count, Patrick Drowan, and his chauffeur slash bodyguard, Werner. Werner mm. is played by Kenneth J. Warren, who was in a few Amicus productions with Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. Is that right? Namely, mm. Eye Monster and The Creeping Flesh. <laughs> um, so Count Marceau oh, and Werner are Nazis, and we know that they're Nazis because they're listening to a record of Adolf Hitler. I don't think I picked up picked yeah. up on that. Yeah. I was sort of um, getting to... ready, you know, oh, okay. getting my document open. There was something on in the background. Okay, they right. They had a 12-inch. They listened yeah. to a record of, yeah. which I don't know where they bought this, of <laughs> Hitler giving a rousing speech. Right. And um, I think at the uh, climax of the speech, um, Marceau's sort of like braced. Is he? Of, hands like, clenched together. Yeah. Right. Yes. Um, they go into a field and shoot at a man in a car. He's carrying a Nazi artifact, which is a bronze statue of an eagle that Marceau wants for some reason. Mm. We don't know why. Um, title sequence. Fantastic title sequence. Fantastic theme tune. Um, and uh, Ode to Debt by As Time Goes By. Do you remember that sitcom starring Jeffrey Palmer and Judy Dench? Yeah. 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 You see them age oh, in yeah. picture frames. And also Birds of a Feather. Ah, Birds of a Feather. They did the well. same thing. Now we're back to Grand and Marx. Never leave them alone. Um, so yeah, the, the theme music composed by John Barry is yeah, brilliant. It's a classic theme, isn't it? And also the incidental music um, is really good um, throughout the episode. It is good. Those... The the opening credits um, they're done in such a way that uh, there's never one actor on screen at any one time. They're both uh, they explain their life uh... stories simultaneously. Apparently, that was to relieve any tension between the actors about who the lead actor was. That's really interesting. Yeah. Did you hear um, that the photo of um, Sinclair as a boy is actually Roger Moore's son? No, I didn't hear that. Because Roger Moore said he he maintained he didn't have any um, good photographs of him as a child. Right. So So they got Dudley in. (laughs) Alan. (laughs) Um, So the episode... Sorry, not opens. It's the cold open earlier, but now it's... The hot open. The hot open is... And you can't get hotter... Than Danny Wilde, Tony Curtis, in a Parisian hotel, can you? Nice. Yeah. Mm. Um, he bumps into a man, the man they were shooting at earlier, who now possesses the Bronze Eagle. Mm. Um, and it falls rather, I think, inconspicuously onto the floor of the hotel lobby. You think that would cause more of a stir because it's so obviously a Nazi artifact, I think. Like, it's a big Nazi eagle. eagle. You know, it's yeah. a Nazi eagle, but no one really. It doesn't cause much of a stir. Well, isn't that because the paparazzi are interested in something That's right. else? And what are they interested in? They're interested in the arrival of a young lady and a new husband mm. who is the daughter of... This is why you do this bit, Tom. It's a French government official. It's a French government official. Um, whose name, I'm sorry, I've not made a note of. But um, Her name or the official's name? Well, her name's Susie. Yeah. The official names I haven't got, but we'll okay. get to that. But anyway, um, this Nazi eagle <laughs> jump, drops on the floor and at the exact moment Wilde picks it up to hand it back to its owner... A snap, paparazzo snap. Yeah. Um, gets a photo of him holding it. 
Sorry, yeah, more on that later. Mm-hmm. So, yep, um, just got as an aside here, the patter between Sinclair and Wilde, Moore and Curtis, is really good, I think. Some of it's ad-libbed, apparently. I was going to ask. Yeah. That was going to be my yeah. question. Was it improvised? Because it, um, it felt very natural and very... Yeah. Um, I could understand if they didn't like each other in real life. Can you give us a, a flavour of the... the... No, I can't remember. Didn't Can write you? Anything down. No, I don't remember. <laughs> All right. As I said, I was drunk. Yeah. Um, anyway, cut back to Count Marceau in his um, his mansion, and he he's holding. He sees the newspaper, and he sees the photograph of um, Wilde holding the bird, the uh, the eagle, and he wants this. As we've already established, he mm. wants this bronze eagle. So he enlists an assassin called Siegfried Luther yes. to um, kill him. Kill Wilde, that is. Um, but Luther's attempt in Paris is intercepted by Sinclair. And they begin a pursuit through the streets of Paris, which culminates in a fistfight, one of many fistfights. Yeah. Um, and just as Luther seemed to be getting the upper hand, he's shot by Werner from a passing car. That's right. Um... So, back in the hotel, the bloke from earlier, the bloke who has the eagle, confronts Susie, and we find out, yeah, that her father, the French government official, was a traitor, and known as the man who sold France to the Germans. Mm. So, this bloke is trying to blackmail Susie, because her husband is, new husband, is of considerable considerable means. Into... And quite a wide head. Hmm. Yeah, but I'm not sure that. Agreed. That's incidental. Yeah. That's what... That's... Rich people have big heads. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can tell. <laughs> um, sign of good breeding, that. Having a wide head. Um, yeah, he's trying to blackmail her into um, clearing him clearing her father's name, mm-hmm. basically. Um, Werner tracks down Wilde and breaks into his hotel room. I'm skipping chunks here. That's it's, it's, they're you're quite long to... episodes. No, no, no. Um, but, but at this point, um, uh, Wilde staying next in the room adjacent to yeah. Roger Moore's character Brett Sinclair and as this is going on Sinclair's yeah. trying to have it off with a young lady, lady. Yeah. Moore's facial expressions are mugging is worth the <laughs> ticket price alone yes, when really he's good. about to smooch the lady yeah. he just looks overcome by lust doesn't he <laughs> <laughs> his pupils have gone up to the top of his head <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's very good um, but then yeah so Vernon Wilde get into a, another fight um, oh no, sorry. Second fight of the episode, the first fight Wilds involved in. Um, but it's fantastic. I think the se- fight sequences generally are really great. Mm. They're really well choreographed and they're pretty funny as well. There's a degree of slapstick yeah. to it. At one point, Wild does a flying drop kick. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that failed. So Count Marceau hires another assassin, Gro- Grosky, I believe his name is. Uh, he looks a bit like Gary Shandling. I don't know if he's yes, he does. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah just as like a French Duke from centuries previous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Grosky is actually was it number two in the prisoner. Yeah, I thought I'd seen him before. Ah. Well, he's one of the number twos, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, one, one of many. Uh, another ITC production, but of course we can talk about that later. Well, um, can we? Can we actually talk about the prisoner in another episode? Yeah, I'd like no, to do that. I That'd be great. I don't know if I can do. Okay. It's too close. It's, it's so, too good. It's too good. Yeah. Um, so he hires Gary Shandling to deal with Wild, um, <laughs> and he takes a different approach by pretending to offer Wild protection from the attempts on his life. And they agree to they arrange to meet in this really happening Parisian mm. night spot, a cabaret. I think it's called. Yeah, featuring yeah. all manner of ghoulish decorations. Um, it looks like a great place, and the music playing during this scene is really good. I want to dig it out. It's pretty. Yeah, I remember it. Banging. Yeah, it's not, banging. Not funky, but banging. 
You catch a glimpse of Roger Moore air drumming as well. He he answers <laughs> first, isn't he? He's quite uh, incongruous. He's standing out uh, compared to the other uh, clientele, but he seems to just throw himself into it. He's wearing a safari jacket or something. He's wearing a safari jacket, yeah. I, I was reassured to see that Roger Moore's dancing was banned. Yeah. It made me feel better about my own Moore <laughs> dancing. Roger and me would... He is mortal after all. Together. You don't, well, you never see him dancing in Bond, do you? I don't think. Bond doesn't dance, does no, he? No, you never. I don't think you ever see. He could probably do like a slow, a sexy or... thing, yeah. and then you know work his way down the lady's thigh and find she's got a pistol there. Mm. Yeah, I could imagine that. Yeah. Well, I would have thought maybe in some of the earlier Bond films, come View to a Kill, he's pretty mm. decrepit, doesn't he? Maybe very, a very old man. I can imagine a Connery doing a maybe a fox trot. Mm. Connery doing something. a fox trot. Um, Fox <laughs> very good there's a misunderstanding um, and Wilde and the other party they just ex- exchange equal <laughs> envelope, yeah. envelopes it's of equal music. amounts of money as opposed to one of them giving over the bronze eagle um, which they call the birds all the time which I think is really funny like, has it got the bird <laughs> it's just great um, so Wilde and Sinclair realise who the intended focus of the assassination attempts was meant to be. It's that bloke from earlier who confronted Susie in the hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, they track him down, but Count Marceau and Werner and uh, Gary Shandling seemingly got there first. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the villains retrieve the bird and they decide to destroy it. Um, Wild and Sinclair want to stop this. So they go to the Count's mansion where they're confronted by Werner and Gary Shandling. Um, they manage to overpower them. Gary Shandling dies quite a um, quite a sad death because he's always saying about how death is beautiful. Yes, and as he dies, like this is not beautiful at all. Very convincing accent, or something like that. Yeah. Is that the accent he does? I can. I can. It's foreign. It was. Yeah. And that was foreign. <laughs> <laughs> um, then Count Marceau emerges in his dressing gown. Is he always in a dressing gown? <laughs> Is it a smoking jacket? Yeah, that's, that's mm. it, a bit classier. Um, and it, it, we find out that he never actually destroyed the bird. Um, much to the chagrin of Werner. Because um, it turns out, so the bird is it's like a type of souvenir, isn't it? It's mm. like a trophy almost. A with s- souvenir. That's <laughs> how you went to the Nazi gift shop. The bird And it has, contains an inscription... Inscription? Inscription? Instruction. <laughs> Please destroy <laughs> An inscription um, that personally thanks the Count for his insistence in helping the Germans capture France. Signed. Signed by none other than Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler, yeah. So the statue both incriminates the Count and also clears Susie's dad's name. So the Count wanted to destroy it, so there was no... Well, mm-hmm. seemingly he didn't want to destroy it, but they... They endeavoured to destroy it, so there'd been no nothing tying him to the Nazi occupation of France. While equally, um, sorry, well, I was just say it had too much sentimental value for that's it. Man yeah, because it was stuffed in his smoking jacket, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, that's good. Susie's dad's name has been cleared. Um, Who was her dad? It wasn't. Was it Denton? I didn't get his name. A French government official. He wasn't in the episode. We never saw. Oh, him. I see. Sorry. Yeah. Who was Denton then? Maybe he was the Denton. person carrying the bird eagle to start with. Yeah, quite possibly. I don't think we ever knew that character's name, so it might well be Denton. Michael Siegel is the actor's name. Michael Siegel? 
That looks like him. Yeah, Seagal, I think that is. Seagal. Another another notable cast member of The Prisoner. Is he? Just yeah. saying, two in one. There we go. Is it the same production company, ITC? ITC okay. Production, right. yeah. Yeah. Who oh, yeah. are responsible for basically the best 60s or 70s shows. Well, they did The Saint as well, did they? Yeah, The Saint, yeah. Madeline Hopkirk, um, Danger Man, Prisoner, obviously. Um, I read that the Persuaders used a lot of sets and um, props from The Saint. Yeah, so and there's a lot the of cast style. crossover, isn't there? So where'd that all that um, all that production budget go? Tony Curtis's house, I think. Mm. Yeah, I get a, a lot of the exterior shots actually in the locales they're filmed in. They're, they're, sorry, they're set in. I don't know. Like, were they actually in? Oh, Paris I don't think they were. Geneva? They were in. I think they were filmed in Paris. Yeah, and I'm sure I saw somewhere they filmed in Italy. Yeah, and, and England, but I don't think they were all in Geneva. Or, Wherever they said they were, places passing themselves off as other places. I don't think Moore and Curtis would have tolerated if they were in Watford or something else. Yeah, time, no, no. Shall we move on lifestyle. to the, um, the next episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Let's. Which oh, was plow on. Thank plow, you. Plow on. Which was season one, episode twenty-two. So the, each one season. <laughs> yeah. Which on. series? Um, the first. First series. Yeah. Um, the Ozerov inheritance. Mm-hmm. Geneva. That's right. Ooh. That's what it says anyway. Mm. Sinclair and Wilde are larking about with some skis in their hotel room. There's a gag here. I didn't quite get it. Curtis is saying, is it cheeing or skiing? Yeah, I don't know. Pick it up. Why would you call it cheeing? Regardless, two turtleneck clad men break in. Yes. Don't they? bastards. And a fist fight ensues and Wilde... Like, Wilde's a big pro wrestling fan, clearly, because he locks one of the intruders in a rear naked chokehold. In a, a rear naked chokehold. That's actually not a specifically a rest, wrestling move. No, it's it's barely uh, wrestling. Do, do one of them have to be? Do any of them have to be naked? No, no, no. Oh. It's just. It's. I think it's actually a martial arts thing. I think maybe the military employer as well. Rear like, naked. Na- there's no naked. I mean, it, you I mean, there naked. Is, I know. It's like the TA's bit with Gareth in the office. So you're entering from the rear. <laughs> in the military I mean yeah um, a mysterious woman and her another chauffeur slash bodyguard appears um, and they scare off the intruders and she offers her services to Sinclair and Wilde mm-hmm. um, she introduces herself as Princess Alexandra um, I, she had a longer title but I didn't write it down um, and she takes them to see her grandmother who is the Grand Duchess Ozerov who appears to be a person of some import, and she reveals that she's part of some distant Russian aristocratic bloodline, despite the fact she doesn't sound very Russian. Well, I guess it's distant, isn't it? So yeah. Maybe all the Russians gone. Um, we find out that Sinclair was actually invited to Geneva by the Ozerov family's archivist, who seems to have identified a link between the Ozerovs and Sinclair's. Um, so the archivist heads over to the Ozerov family home to explain his findings, but he's pursued by the two men in turtlenecks from earlier. Are they still in turtlenecks? Yes, I believe they yeah, are. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, so it turns out the Ozerov family have some precious jewels in a bank and can't retrieve them without proof that they have a claim to them. I think I understood that right. Yeah. And if they don't claim them soon, the, G- the, the jewels will be gifted back to the people of the Russia. Ten year deadline is up, is that right? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Um, so sorry, I just think I've got a 
bit muddled here. But um, so the archivist being pursued by the turtlenecked hoodlums, um, they intercept him and they steal his papers, knock him out, take the handbrake off his car, yeah. and send yeah. him careering off a cliff. That's a swine. And then he woke up as he was. He woke up as he go down. Yeah. yeah. It can't be pleasant. Yeah. Must, yeah. Um, so back at the old Ozerov place. Uh, the weird nephew, Ser- Ser- Sergei Ozerov. Do you like him, Sergei? Ozerov? I did like Sergei. Yeah. yeah. He reveals. He was a villain. He was that. a very much I did a villain. Take to him. Uh, he reveals that the the family have fallen on hard times and their estate is in disrepair, but they keep up the pretense of being wealthy. Mm. Um, like they drink lemonade. But pretend it's champagne. Pretend it's champagne. I think that's more for the Grand Duchess's benefit. For her pride. Yeah. yeah. Um. They they find out that the archivist has been killed, um, so they so Sinclair and Wild, Wild Sinclair and Wild um, is it correct to call are they the persuaders? Should I just call them the persuaders? Yeah, I don't think they're ever. Do they call themselves the persuaders? I don't think it's a self-coined term. I think it's just a show describes them as such. I don't know that they do that much persuading, really. I did wonder. Is yeah, it the sort of title come pers- first? And persuasive, then... are they? They just turn up, get into a fight. They're persuasive with their fists. Oh, are they? Yeah, aren't they? I wouldn't argue with them. Uh, well, not Lord Brett Sinclair, anyway. Brett. Still can't get over that. Brett. <laughs> Jet. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Um, so Sinclair and Wilde go looking for clues in the archivist's home. They break into the archivist's home to look for clues as to why he might have been so unceremoniously dispatched. It's been ransacked, mm. but they find a book by Sinclair's uncle, Sir Rodney Parkinson Sinclair. Is Rodney a posh person's name? My only real exposure to it is only for novices. And Faratog. I mean, good night, sweetheart. Yeah, this is Faratog. <laughs> You're all over the place. What does Lindas do to you? <laughs> You've been Lindhurst. Um, Lindhurst. Yeah, nice. Rodney. I don't know. It's, it doesn't sound very... Unless it's like short for luck. Could be short for Roderick? Roderick. Yeah, or... That sounds really short, though, is it? I mean, it's almost as long. Hmm. And where does the knee come from? That doesn't hold water. No. Okay. Um, while they're in the archivist's home, they, they have company, but it turns out to be two plain-clothed police officers. Who, who they deck first. Who they deck first, ask questions later. Like, yeah, that's them. Uh, and they, they're wrongfully identified by the archivist's daughter as the two men who murdered her father. I'm not sure at what point she would have seen those men. Yeah. Uh, the, oh, there we go. Didn't she say these are the men... Don't the police ask, are these the men that came to your home before or something? Maybe. I don't know. So it turns out Uncle uh, Gary's book, there's a joke, Uncle uh, Rodney's yeah. book, oh no, yeah. suggests um, he has proof that the Duchess was married, which I think would solidify the Ozerov's claim to the jewels. Um, but the exact details are in one of his diaries. Uh, he's, he's very thorough, keeps diaries about everything. Yes, in number 14. Number 14, right. You can so remember every breakfast he's ever had, apparently. Yeah. 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 So Sinclair goes to see him in person. In England, I think. I don't know. Can I stop you there? Sure. I just uh, looked up Rodney for you. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the, it was a name associated with period, a peerage in uh, the 18th century. Oh, yeah. That's pretty posh. Baron Rodney. Baron Rodney. And then it started Sounds being like a used as a first name. Lindas can't have children. No, he can't. That was, that was a subtext, oh. wasn't it? So um, Sinclair goes back, I think it's back to England. The exterior shot looked quite English. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. They talk about, well, yeah, and then he flies, he as you're flies coming on to. Yeah. yeah, flies back to Geneva. Um, so, yeah, Sinclair goes to 
see Uncle Rodney to try and find find out him find out what he knows. Um, but back in Geneva, Wilde goes to see the jewels in the bank. They're worth four million American dollars, which is almost as much as this television series. Mm. Um, he then goes to see nephew Sergei in his fencing club because he suspects Sergei is actually behind the murder of the archivist. Um, and that putting an end to the Duchess's research would make him the sole claimant of the fortune. Mm. Or that's that's what he suspects. Yes. Um, and what follows in this the locale of the fencing club is a very tense but impressive sword fight. Yeah, it's not bad, is it? Yeah. Ooh. I just love that Sergei's like a fencing villain. I just yeah. think that's, that's fantastic. Um, the camera shot they had one through the fencing mask yeah, that was very that good was yeah. it reminded me of Die Another Day which is somewhat unfortunate uh, is there a fencing scene in that? certainly is with Madonna started by Madonna yeah she's a fencing coach she's teaching um, Rosamund Pike to fence yeah and then Bond gets involved for some yeah. reason I think Toby, <laughs> Toby Stevens and, and Rosamund Pike are fencing uh, and then What's his face? Bond steps in, and there's lots of innuendo about keeping tips up. Oh my god! Q theme tune, the electronic masterpiece by Madonna. Yeah. Oh, Remember yeah. that one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Die another day. Oh yeah, she, she is she fencing in the video to that? Um, not seen a video. Can't remember. Not sword fighting. I mean, putting up fences. <laughs> Her and uh, Tommy Walsh from Crown Force. <laughs> Tommy Walsh. Okay, <laughs> let's carry on. So, um, Wild finds out the archivist has employed. Uh, this bit I'm a bit fuzzy on. He employed two private detectives, but I'm not quite sure why. Were they were they employed by the archivist or were they employed by Sergei? Good question. I think they were employed by the archivist, but yeah. I think they were actually working for Sergei. They were crooked. Yeah. yeah. I think maybe he was paying them a little bit over with the archivist. Or he got to them first. So he gives one of them, Wild, gives one of them a good hiding, but is quickly knocked out by the other. One of them's called Dante, isn't he? Which I like. Mm, that's a nice name, isn't He's it? He's going to be a wrong end. Dante. Dante, the actor who plays Dante. Dante yeah. is fires. His real name is, I don't know how you pronounce his first name, it might be Dennis or Denny's, but his surname is Peak. So I wonder if that was, this a joke. Dante's <laughs> Peak. Given, well, given that that didn't come out to like in the 90s. The 90s. Then. Maybe the film I think came about the, because of his name. Yeah. Or wasn't the film a remake? Oh, was it? Okay, yeah, no, quick. Look on the internet. Um, while you're doing that, yeah, um, on, Sinclair arrives back from England and the private detectives intercept him at the airport and take him to see Sergei. I think Sinclair had sex with the stewardess on the plane. I would so, disagree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's Bond-like behaviour. It's very Bond-like, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it? There's some sort of joke about her not knowing that she'd landed and he equips something. It's all a bit... Ugh. But you don't have to read between oh, the lines much. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so both Sinclair and Wilde ultimately they regroup under some dress at mm. um, Sergei in Sergei's fencing club, and um, they both make they both call him Ivan the Terrible. Yeah, it's funny. It's really it? funny. Yeah. Um, so Sergei is after Uncle Rodney's diary. That is right, is it? Rod- Uncle Rodney's diary, yeah. Yep. But um, Sinclair's already passed that on to the Ozerobs by way of the air stewardess that he um, had yeah, it off with. He was yeah. suspecting uh, the, capture, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Inter- he anticipated the interception, yeah. Um, so Sergei and his goons, yeah, they catch wind of this and go to retrieve the diary. Um, 
Sinclair and Wilde, meanwhile, are tied up, but they manage to escape. Danny Wilde learned some trick, probably in the Bronx. It's probably in the Bronx, the mean Street. streets, yeah. yeah. Um, Sergei confronts the Duchess and throws the diary on the fire, um, to just thus destroying any evidence, the evidence and any proof that she is the true claimant to the jewels. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like it's on the fire for like a good three minutes, yeah. and like Wilde just picks it up, so it's the diary is seemingly flame retardant. Um, and Wilde and Sergei end up in an, another sword fight, quite an extended sword fight, and um, which culminates in Wilde just going back to his old habits and just knocking Sergei out. Just give him a good punch in the... He just get it right in the, right in the kisser. Oh, right in the kisser. Um, it turns out, they go back to the bank, and it turns out that the real jewels were actually sold some time ago yeah. by the bank manager. Um, and the, Who'd been all sweetness and light. Earlier. Who had, yeah, been very nice. Um, but it turns out, yeah, the bank was in financial trouble. That's ironic, isn't it? It is ironic, yeah. yeah. Um, so they sold the jewels to sort of cover their losses. And I think he cut Sergey in on this deal. Mm-hmm. So they were in cahoots. Thick as thieves, yeah. literally. Yeah. He was everywhere, wasn't he? Sergey. Yeah. yeah. And all that's left are basically cheap replicas of the jewels. But um, the Duchess doesn't seem to mind, and she, she no. puts them on and... Uh, she doesn't mind living in make-believe as the no. lemonade would attest to. Yeah. yeah that's right. They have actual champagne at the end, don't they? That's true. Where did yeah. they get that from? Well, she said she got credit. From uh, her haste. Yeah. Yeah. Jewels. Um, that's Those are the two episodes we watched. Yeah. That was that was a good run through time. Thank that. you very much. It, it was a golden era of television, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I, I thought the show was great. Yeah, as did I. Um, mm. I just was marvelling how expensive it all looked mm. for an ITV drama. In 50 minutes. Well, I think Lou, Lou Grave was quite renowned. So tell us about Lou Grave, Keith. Well, Lou Grave is the father of uh, his son. Michael Grave? Michael Grave. Incorrect. He man. is the uncle of Michael Grave. He is the father uncle of The Michael, man who killed Michael Doctor Grave. Who. The man from Uncle. No, Doctor Who. No, hang on. <laughs> Michael Grave hated Doctor Who. Did he? That's true. Yeah, but he did. Michael well, Grave we can cause it. It was crap in the 80s. Is Channel 4? Michael Graves, and he's been at BBC as well, hasn't he? He's been ITV as well. Yeah, been been all over. I Channel think five? he, um, no. you know, Brassite had that subliminal message which said, such and such is a C word. Mm. I think that person was Michael Grade. Really? Because he cancelled or interfered with Brassite. Yeah, I think they, they struggled to get quite a lot of that broadcast, even at the time. Like, I mean, it, it's something that probably wouldn't go out now, Brassite. No. But um, yeah, they had to cut a lot. To get yeah. past legal and censors and, and things, um, but yeah, Lou, Lou Grade I think was was famous for having a big cigar and um, sealing deals over over whiskey and mm. handshakes, and he would just throw money at things. God knows where he got. Well, actually, I think the money possibly came from America. Ah, Hannah Weinstein. She was an American journalist, moved to Britain. And then she became a producer. Mm. She produced The Adventures of Robin Hood TV series. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, so he produced a number of these um, big, playful, action-packed series, many of which borrowed from America or were pitched at American audiences as well as Brits. So was it a joint production between an American channel and a British channel? Because it has, you know... Yeah. Um, 
I don't know if it was actually. I don't know that how common that was back in the day. Yeah. He says, googling frantically. <laughs> uh, so the, the on Wikipedia it says they marketed things through an American TV distribution company called Official Films. Right. Um. So oh, they I think they showed some things on CBS in America. Right. Yeah. Um, when it would have been ATV in London rather than ITV. What's the A stand for? Is that when they had franchises like Thames TV? And oh, maybe, yeah. It's like Associated Television, maybe? Mm. I'm possibly making that up. Um, Granada. Granada. The Mancunian one. Mm-hmm. What's that? Carlton. Meridian. Meridian was where I lived. I went to Granada Studios once to see where they make uh, Coronation Street. That's who Tony Wilson used to work for, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. He used to present, didn't he? Yeah. Um, it was Associated Television. Oh, there we go. Mm. So, yeah. I mean... Um, so this came... Just, I just want to get the chronology right. Sure. So this came post The Saint. Yeah. Straight after. Straight after More The Saint. More wanted to quit TV. Okay. Uh, apparently, he went to... Lou Grade came to him with an offer of a new series. And mm. Roger said, but Lou, I'm done with television. And Lou Grade said, but... Your country needs you. Think of the Queen. Did he actually say Yeah, that? apparently, yeah. yeah. And, and offered him a few pots, I think, in Moore's words. That's right. He also offered Tony Curtis a house to play. Oh, all right. Actually bought him a house. Oh, I see Britain. why you said that earlier. I think he bought it for, I want to say, 65,000. Curtis sold it for a quarter of a million, thinking he got a good deal, and then a couple of years later it went for £2 million or something. Small change to uh, mm. some like it hot star Tony yeah. Curtis, but um, a funny story nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> so you alluded to him earlier having a bit of a cannabis habit. Yeah. Where had you heard that? Mary Jane. I heard he was often getting toasted on set. Really? Yeah. Um, I can't quite remember the specifics of it. But I yeah, I think it was linked to the fact that there was some bad blood between the two. I think he was very crabby, Curtis, yeah. until he'd had his weed and then he was all, was all hugs right, and kisses. Yeah. Well, the rumour is, you, you might have noticed that Tony Curtis always wears gloves. Yeah. Uh, so rumour is that. that he uh, doesn't get the smell of weeds or any sort of staining on his fingers. Is that so right? he always wore, always wore gloves. He did always wear gloves. I heard it was, he, it was a um, character quirk he introduced. Um, I'm not quite sure why, but I think he, he thought it would be a, a point of some intrigue around Danny Wilde. Like, why, why is he, he wearing gloves? But you didn't even notice. Didn't even notice. Straight over my head. Uh, I'd forgotten that he's Jamie Lee Curtis's dad. Yes, yeah, is he? Yeah. I didn't know that till he died, actually. And I, I remember seeing um, yeah. some coverage of the funeral and her being there. And that was only when I put two and two together. Yeah. Mm, there you go. He must have been quite a bit older than Roger Moore. This is something else I picked up. Yeah. Troughton plays, you would agree, a rather decrepit, mm. uh, ancient figure in this. Is that a wig? Yeah, it's a wig. Yeah. Kurt, uh, Troughton is 54. <laughs> Curtis is 50. There seem to be generations <laughs> apart. Yeah. Um, yeah, Troughton's good. I mean, he's having a he's, whale of a he time. He really relished it, didn't he? The scenery, yeah. cheering performance. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't think he's just anywhere near as old as he's playing. Yeah. So you notice uh, in the credits that Roger Moore is his own stylist. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? Really? Because he, he, he's got a, like, I think, Brett Sinclair's wardrobe designed by and Roger Moore's signature. signature. Yeah. But apparently, uh, what's his face? Curtis didn't used to stick to the script very much, which mm. much to Sir Roger's chagrin. Was he a sir back then? No. What's the key? Was he? No. no. 
So no. it went Saint, Persuaders, Bond. That Sir. Those aren't Sir. his titles. <laughs> Persuader, Rottenmore, Bond, <laughs> Rottenmore. Sir Rottenmore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Okay. And what did he do after Bond? He opened a small tea shop in South Devon. No, I don't know. Uh, it's a good question. He was he was old. He was 58 in um, A View to a Kill, I think. Was that the last one he did? Yes. That is old. It's too old. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is, is it an uncomfortable watch? No, well, I mean, when he's when he's um, cavorting with Stacey, the, the, the main Bond girl, it's a bit creepy, I mm. think, because she's obviously very young, a young, attractive lady, and he is wrinkled, should we say, a bit leathery skinned. Well, he also goes to bed with Grace Jones, who's um, yeah. quite a muscular woman. I remember watching Mark Gates talk about it, thinking, and he said he was thinking, God, I hope, I hope Roger's all right at the end of <laughs> 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 A man of his age. And, uh, yeah. But yeah, his, his credits aren't really that remarkable since really? Living at uh, since Steve the Kill. He just, yeah, he just sort of Things he was always. I mean, I read his autobiography, and he he was always handsomely paid, and made sure he was handsomely paid. So I was in Spice World. Oh, I did know that. Yeah, yes. yeah, I've not seen Spice World. Wow. I won't see. I won't watch that. Um, he, he had a lot of bit parts as well, cameos. He was the radio announcer in the remake of The Saints. We had a film. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer as, as Simon Templar. Yeah, in the last scene, Val Kilmer was driving away in his Volvo C70, champagne coloured, I think. And uh, yeah, Rogers on the radio. It's not just Tom, is it? Come on, the colours yourself. I can, you know, I can, I can name colours. What else has he been in? He's also um, quite a boring man, isn't he, Keith? No, Did I don't. You, have you heard this story? <laughs> Keith, Keith, I don't know if you've heard this story, but um, there's a story going around. I'm not sure if you've heard it, Keith. No. But Roger Moore and David Bowie uh, once moved to the same town, coincidentally. Hmm. Uh, Bowie thought... But, yeah, I think, unfortunately, I'm a big Bowie fan, but I think Bowie was there to dodge taxes. <laughs> Probably yeah. so was Roger, so but I think Roger was pretty more brazen about it. Oh, I'm okay. um, and Bowie... Uh, had a knock on his door one evening it turned out to be Roger Moore and um, they spent the evening talking and laughing drinking and Bowie thought what a what nice a, man Sir Roger was what a nice man. funny interesting yeah. man Sir Roger was yeah. the next night same thing David Bowie goes to the door Roger Moore's there I should be knocked um, and they spend the same evening together Roger Moore tells the same anecdotes yeah. Bowie thinks I'm not sure about this Roger Moore thing <laughs> third night turns out Bowie hides under the table <laughs> but you heard that Keith? I hadn't I hadn't heard that <laughs> Probably not corroborated anywhere, so it probably didn't didn't happen. So Keith and Graham, you're both big James Bond fans. Uh, well, Keith more I, so. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I, I get by. Um, is Roger Moore your favourite Bond? Ooh, that's a tricky one. No, no, he isn't. It's not that is tricky. Not? No, he's not. Daniel Craig is my favourite. Daniel Craig is your favourite really? Bond. Is your favourite Bond? The proto Daniel Craig, Timothy Dalton. Right. Okay. Who's your favourite Bond, Tom? I'm not. A- I'm. I don't like James Bond. Right. I, what but is your favourite? Um. Stay, name put two words. Uh, Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> Pierce Brosnan's a great Bond. He's, he's a great. Mm. He's a great middling. He's, he's a great compromise. Really Piers. that well because I had I had Golden on video. That was the only Bond film oh. I've ever really engaged with. Actually, no. I like Moonraker. It's a bit silly. <laughs> it's too silly for me. Moonraker. <laughs> okay. So shameless cash in. But I don't. Yeah, they were pandering to Star Wars. Yeah. I've, sp- I've, I've, I know Graham. You and I have spoken about what, why I don't like Bond in the past. And one of my big hang-ups on it is because Roger Moore's a boring man. No, it's oh, not that. It's just on. 
I don't know. I can't get my head around how a man called James Bond can be like. It's is it is it the same man? Is it meant to be the same man? Oh right. Because I had a theory. I tried to explain. Which Graham I got those hand puppets debunked. out that one time. I drew you a picture. <laughs> Tom just ain't taking it. So I had that theory, and you, you said some other people have come up with this. Oh, theory. was like the code name theory. Yeah, that he uh, it, it just it's such a high profile. Um, spy mm-hmm. gig that mm. you you have to like relinquish all sort of right. sense of identity and yeah. you just get given this kind of name James Bond. But then there are references in the Bond films to like um, the previous Bonds, right? So one Cap- character, couple of times, yeah. yeah. Uh, George Lazenby says this never happened to the other guy. Yeah, um, that's which, quite rare though. Yeah, but, but then in Skyfall, not Skyfall. Casino Royale? No, the Spec- one with the um Invisible Card? No. Come on. No, or maybe it is Skyfall. Well, what happened? The, 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 the showdown at the end it, it was Javier Bardem. Skyfall. Yeah. Skyfall. Just reminded me of my Javier Bardem joke, but it's fine. Uh carry on. Um <coughs> he has uh Daniel Craig. Mm. Yeah. Um drives Judy Dench. Yeah, okay. to Scotland <laughs> in, the, in the um in his Aston Martin. Yeah, correct. it's a bit it, of an origin story that one, isn't it? Yeah. So is that a franchise reboot? Mm, well, not see, really. The continuity is no. all over the place. Well, Casino Royale was sort of a reboot, wasn't it? Because it went back to the start again of the the creation of James Bond as a double agent. Uh, <laughs> don't even try, do you? Don't even try. Um, and Sky Skyfall was the third in that sort of rebooted series. Spectre's fourth, and then there's going to be another one with Daniel Craig at the helm. So they have rebooted it? Yeah, in loose, loose terms. Although Judy Dench stayed on as M. I think she was the only. But isn't Ray Fiennes now M? Uh, as yeah. of. She the... dies in Skyfall. Right, yeah, you seem so delighted. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And his name happens to be Mallory, so he can be M as well. <laughs> Is that the only Mallory criteria? Yes, your name has to begin with an M. Although you never find out uh, why Judy Dench's character was called M. They, they allude to it. Yeah, I didn't know your name was. That's yeah. what Craig says. Yeah. She says, just say one more word and I'll mm. have you shot. What is it like? Something really embarrassing? Mm, I don't know. We, we never find out. It might be embarrassing. It might just be that if he were to say it, somebody else might hear it. She might be being bugged. Who's oh right, 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 okay. So, so, well, I don't those, like Bond. Yeah, I, mean, I, I do like Roger Moore as a Bond. He's yeah. just a very different type of Bond. He was a Bond of that that time, but I always liked Timothy Dalton because he actually put some effort into reading about it <laughs> mm. and stuff. People say, not me, that Daniel Craig's Bond wouldn't have existed if it weren't for Dalton. Yeah, people it, do say that. I think <laughs> that's not necessarily true. Why? Because he gives a sort of uh, tougher. Uh, brutish side to Bond the Craig yeah, the, the, yeah the but then everything's gritty these days isn't it so right. I think Craig's very much a product of his time and he's just having to yeah. be very very good I think, I think Craig's probably also credited with getting a bit more familiar with Fleming than some of the other mm. actors mm. Were, like, like Dalton did so yeah maybe maybe it's that it's just a little bit more serious a little bit more human a bit okay. more human if I had to so yeah I've not seen that much Bond I've seen Goldeneye Good I've film. seen Skyfall. Good film. I've seen Moonraker. Mm. Um, what would you, I'd where, start where, with, what should I watch? I'd watch the first. I've seen Tomorrow Never Lives. No, you haven't. Dies. Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean that. Tomorrow Never, never dies. dies. The first four are all brilliant. Um, 
Doctor No. Doctor No. I've seen, actually, no, I've seen Goldfinger. That's very good. Yeah. Rush with Love is From Rush with Love is probably I've my seen pick more of than a I bunch. And, I've um, seen that one. Thunderball comes no. Thunderball's good. You Only Live Twice is a, a bit of an iconic one, I think. Which one has Christopher Lee in it? Man with the Golden Gun. I'll start with that one. Uh, where's the one where he goes to Japan? That's regrettable. Oh, uh, you only live twice. Yeah, yeah. I mean that stuff is horrible. Like you watched it. I watched it at the BFI, and um, yeah, they were like Does nervous he... giggles. Connery Does he dress up. Goes incognito. Oh. It's not goes that... under the surgeon's. No, Does he go under the surgeon's knife? But he has like um, extensive a lot of makeup. And stuff. Y- yeah, but I don't. I don't really understand the why they felt he had to do that. To, I don't. I don't get it. But it's a great scene where he's like being chased across the roof, rooftops by by bad bastards, and it's a, it's a great scene. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's Tom's it. Tom's just found the photo. It's a shame. Anyway, um, we've probably this is a talked a lot about James Bond. Digression, yeah. isn't it? it makes a change from digressing to Doctor Who. So. Yeah. yeah. Why don't one, we... one, one final thing on Roger Moore? Yes. I once read that his favorite in his latter years, his favorite drink was low alcohol beer. Mixed with Coke Zero. Logic. You tried it yourself. You're a fan no, of low alcohol. I am, but I've not. Coke Zero. I, I don't. Well, I probably would drink Coke Zero. Push I've not tried it. I'll try it. I don't yeah. know what it's called. The Roger Moore. The Roger Make sure you don't put an olive in it. Spout. <laughs> 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 uh, well, I do remember Roger presenting. Have I got news for you? Maybe once or twice, and he was clearly not quite the full with it. Yeah, the full more. Oh no, that's, that's but you know, no, he's still, he's still he good, right age, still good humour, and he didn't take himself seriously. Um, he's always very, very happy to to mock himself. Great. Oh, right. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I, I was listening. So Roger Moore. So Roger Moore. Great. So, <laughs> so Tom. Yeah. That'll be in a poster. And his gravestone. <laughs> I don't want to put a poster on his grave. Yeah, I, I uh, right, favourite line, favourite character does anyone oh. have? Favourite character, Sergei Ozerov. Nice. Mine was um, Gary Shandling. Yeah, Gary was Shandling fun. was good. Yeah. He was very good. My favourite line was, Daniel, if you wish my unqualified opinion, this is a very, very dead corpse. I don't remember that. Yeah. Oh. There were a few, but they, I, now I've read that out, I think it only sounds good if Roger, Roger Moore says voice. it. There's yeah, another yeah. one from... Um, Daniel? Uh, it would be like uh, that, wouldn't Daniel. it? Daniel. Yeah. Um, from um, Tony Curtis, which is like, Listen to me, you English dum dum. <laughs> what is more personal than a bullet between the eyes? But like, I remember that one. It only sounds good like. Listen to me, you English dum dum. Yeah. Any... No, I, I don't mind it. Yeah. You're in the right ballpark. Yeah. Mm. Um, My favourite favorite line. Favourite character, favorite favorite character Gary Shandling. Yeah. Favourite line, um, just because it's incongruous. I like to take a sabre lesson every chance I get. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, like, I like to take a few pointers. Yeah. Isn't, isn't no, it just says that, oh. which is why I liked it. Mm. I don't, of course, have a favourite line because... You loved them all when you didn't do the research. <laughs> I was drunk and never remember it anyway. But favourite character, obviously, Lord Brett Sinclair. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Mm. And the rating... Ooh. Who's got the birds? I'll get the birds up. I also have the bird. So just as a reminder, the biggest bird is the best, which is a mower. That's a one. Mm-hmm. And the smallest is a sparrow. And the worst, a ten. It's really that simple. It's really mm. that simple. So just to remind you, chaps, about Crime Traveller. Oh, yeah. Tom, you gave that a six, which is a golden eagle. So on the, on the smaller scale of things. I gave it the highest rating of a four. I was bang smack in the middle. Graham was in the middle of us in a 
between a Keith and Tom sandwich, which is a lovely warm place to be. An enviable position. I'm just trying to. Enviable position. I might have to. I'm going back through our WhatsApp history trying to find the. Uh, I've got it. I've got it on my screen. Keeps, keeps got it. I mean, he keeps giving me a number, and I'll tell you which bird it is. You know, one so is, out of ten, one is the best. Oh yeah. I don't go. I go by the bird I like the most. Oh. Okay, so one is the best, is it? Okay. Yeah. So I reckon my favourite. Well, sorry, hang on. What? Um, one is the best. One is the best. I can go up to ten. Down to ten, I should say. Okay. Ten is the smallow. See, it's confusing for me without seeing it. You can imagine how confusing it is for the listeners at home. Well, no, but okay, okay, I, I give it. Um, I give it. It's rewarding. I, I give it a two. A two. No, a three. Sorry, a three. A three. That is. Oh, you picked a difficult one. Gastornis. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's a Gastornis for me as well, Keith. Another three. Uh, we never. We never. Normally agree. Yeah. yeah. I nice. am going to go with. Yes, a Gastornis. Okay, okay three. wow. The board. That's the highest rated. Consensus. Yeah. They could take over from Consortio. <laughs> Peep show joke. Yeah. Consortio, Consortius. Yeah. Don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you? Cool. Are you <laughs> ready for the quiz? Oh, there's a quiz? I need a jingle. That's the jingle. Are you quiz, quiz, ready quiz. For the quiz, 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 quiz. Quiz, um, quiz, quiz, quiz. So the Persuaders was retitled because it was broadcast across the globe. It had different uh, titles which translate to things other than the Persuaders in English. So in Hungary, it was retitled as Two Spoons in Every Soup. In Japan, <laughs> Two Dandies Brilliant Adventures and Easily the Best. In Italy, it was retitled as Careful About Those Two. <laughs> <laughs> which Soup. is very persuasive. <laughs> Soup. Soup, yeah. Yeah. Um, so there are a number of other titles for TV shows which um, uh, are different in different countries. One of them is it's actually a film, but it being Tony Curtis, I thought relevant. Freaky Friday, which starred Jamie Lee Curtis, was mm. known. I didn't write this one down. In one country, or other as Hot Mom, Hot Daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Uh, things can vary. Freaky Friday re- remake, of course. That is. That is a remake, isn't it? So I'm going to give you the translated title or the did um, you find out if Dante's Peak was a remake sorry it's alright uh, you lose up. a point but <laughs> <never mind. laughs> no I don't think it was okay. um, I'm not sure if it was a novel though. that's I not Pierce Brosnan is it yeah, lovely Pierce I like that film yeah, yeah. I, uh, focus I'm going to give you the international title and you're going to give me the British one mm, TV shows all TV shows okay. same area or just across the areas they are pan global no actually they're all British or American. From the 70s, 80s? Um, it is quite hard, this, so I gave you a bit of a steer. They're all pretty modern. Ooh. Pretty modern, okay. It's got fairly easily. In Hungary, this show is known as Throne Fight. That's Throne Fight. Showing my lap, just showing me their laptop. Some sort of Game of Thrones. <laughs> I can't read that, Keith. Yeah, Keith's about Game of Thrones. It's quite hard for me to move my laptop because of the. Uh, question two this one in China is known as Mysterious Professor. <laughs> oh, lovely love. Show your answers. Hold on, hold on. Okay, okay. Tom's, 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 Tom's shown me. Right. And he's put Doctor Who. So is Keith. Ooh. Two, two. I actually put the Nutty Professor in, and I thought. That's <laughs> not a TV show. In Croatia, question three this one is known as Two Meters Below the Earth. Tom. 
Tom's shown me the right answer. Keith has... <laughs> Tom's gone with six feet under, which is right. Keith's come up with the borrowers, which is wrong. Two metres is not six feet. I, I, hey, I don't make the rules in Croatia. Well, you should. Uh, this one's trickier. Um, in Sweden, this is known as company monkey business and construction. Actually, this is hard, this one. Company monkey, company monkey business, business and, construction. and construction. And it's modern, okay. Um, Christ. <sighs> I should give you a clue. It's American. That's okay. I'll give you another clue. Yeah. It's a sitcom. And what else can I say? Um, their construction, the things they build, they ain't no good. How recent is it? In the last 10 years? I might have to close one to a close. Fine. It's within the last five years. Oh, oh, okay. Well, no, actually, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was going for a while. Uh, oh, God. American. They live in one of their constructions. Oh, that's, 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 that's helped. <laughs> I'm watching the, le- the letters. Yeah, Tom's got it. No, oh, I don't know. Keeps put. Home improvement. Well, that is true. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Tom's right with the rest of development. Oh. Um, I think it's unsalvageable. It's four two, but I'll give you the last one anyway. Yeah. This is um, it's actually about a bit easier than the last one. In France, this is called at the boundaries of reality. It's an American drama. American drama at the boundaries of reality. Mm. No. 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 <laughs> uh, science fiction. Yeah, I figured it would be. One starred Cher, the singer. I think that's right. Cher? The boundaries of reality? Cher? I don't know. Um, I think I'm going to make it a guest. I'd say that all of my answers were good answers, even the borrowers. Tom's got a quantum leap. They both got a quantum leap. You're both yeah. wrong. The X Files. Tricky, wasn't uh, it? Was Cher in that? Yeah. Well, actually, uh, somebody played Cher, and I just googled yeah. that. She, uh, she wasn't the next unexplained phenomenon. No. Although, for my eyes, she is. But who won the quiz? Well, I think four two. Tom, what's the actual score, Keith? I really should be keeping track. Uh, I've got a feeling. You're... I think I'm winning. Yeah, you won last week. I won the week before, and I think that was the first. It was one all. So then I think you're two ahead now, Tom. Uh, off mic, we've had a discussion, and actually it's three two. With apologies to Keith. So Keith could still redeem himself with a win next week, and which would make I, a serious I I draw. I think he will. We need to discuss what it is we're going to talk about next week, but. That's not your concern, listeners. No. No, we'll work that out off mic as well. Possibly over a hot cup of cocoa mm, and some lovely. massage oil. Maybe not. Well, <laughs> Let's you put that up. in the cocoa? Oh, goodness, no. Mm. Yeah. Roger Moore, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Coke Zero, low alcohol beer, massage oil. He'd be using the massage oil for oh. something else, wouldn't he? Sorry. Oh. For Queen and Country. Absolutely and right. Well, I don't think he was part of the deal. Uh, well, thanks for listening to Sparrow Talk Presents. The Persuaders! 
He's got it. Yeah, I know how to use an exclamation mark. Mm-hmm. Um, join us again next week where we'll talk about an as yet undecided television program. So it's uh, goodbye. And oh. we'll wrap the series up next oh, week. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. It will be episode six, won't it? Series finale. Season finale. Series finale. Season finale. Penultimate Speech episode length. today. Well, mm. This one probably is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, especially if you put all the stuff about the score back in. Yeah, we well, don't mention it because then if I cut it out, never mind. Put it back in. Put that on after this as an extra. Or it could be like a season season bonus separate episode. Uh, so it's goodbye from me, Keith. Tom? Goodbye with an exclamation mark. I like mark. that. Oh, yeah. that's clever. I was thinking Keith! Similar. Goodbye! Goodbye! I wasn't as good my one. No, it was still good. It's goodbye. Goodbye.